0: I wrote a whole study called Raising Responsible Adults. I'm Dr. Randy Carlson, this is Intentional Living. So I thought today we'd talk a little bit about raising respectful adults. And so the question is, how do you do that? What one thing are you doing to raise a respectful child in this very disrespectful world? Uh, We'd love to hear your comments on our uh, storyline. It's open to you now at 888-888-1717. The callers for the show are already from an archived show and recorded and ready to go, so we'll do those in just a moment, starting with Cindy here. But uh, raising respectful kids, you know, we live in a very disrespectful world today. We see tremendous disrespect on the streets of our country. Now we see it on television, we see it in the news, we see it between political people. If you've been around a few years, you probably recognize how things have changed So you've got your work cut out for you as a parent today, and we want to help you do that as we talk about raising respectful kids. And again, I'd love to hear your comments. Hey, let's get started with Cindy, uh, who's joining us uh, from Arizona with a dilemma. Let's take a listen. Go ahead.
1: I have two teenagers. My daughter, she'll be 19 here shortly, and I have a 17-year-old son, and I am a single mother, and I have been for quite a while. My daughter... She's always been a very strong girl, her, her whole demeanor, and likewise so have I, but I've always been a very loving mother. I might not show a lot of emotion, but I'm very hands-on. But my daughter, she has always been very disrespectful towards myself. I can't really say the same as for her to be that way in public, and she does have a very standoffish personality towards strangers. She's not as outgoing as I am, but she's not mean to them either. But, you know, around the house, and it's putting a strain on our relationship
0: you sound like a sweetheart, single mom, very loving. You want to do the right thing with your daughter. You got a real strong nineteen-year-old who, frankly, sounds like she feels she can just run over you.
1: Um, I, I think so, and I believe I put my foot down plenty of times. I didn't ask her, please, please, put being so rude to me she said
0: she's not being rude <laughs> please 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 listen hey uh, thank you Cindy. I hear your heart and you sound like a sweetheart uh, single mom really trying to do a good job but you know you're dealing with a 19 year old that sounds like you have reason to to know that she's being disrespectful to you and you put your foot I, I can't picture you putting your foot down I mean I I get this picture in my mind it's like please you know please real soft the foot goes down real soft. Uh, please, listen, if you got a 19-year-old in your face and being disrespectful, you have to lovingly but firmly get right back in their face and say, look, I love you, I care for you, you're 19 years old. You may not think that's disrespect, but when you say this or when you be specific, when you say this or do that, that's disrespectful, and frankly, I'm done with it. It isn't going to happen any longer. And the foot going down is going to be a little harder moving forward. And then there needs to be some consequences associated with it. My guess is, you know, maybe you're cooking meals, you're supplying the bedroom, you're paying some of the bills, maybe she's using the car, whatever it is. There's some, something that you can leverage to say, look, if you, if you continue to choose to treat me this way, why in the world am I going to bend over backward and show that kind of respect back to you by giving you the keys to the car, for instance, when, when I start to see a little more respect from you, and uh, then we'll, we'll talk about it. In other words, ta- here, here's the key. And we're going to talk about this today. You got to get the ball off of your side of the court. If you play ping pong, the goal is not to get the ball on your side of the court. The goal is to get it on the other side of the court, over the net, right over there. And this is true in parenting as well. So often, as parents, we carry the we carry the load on our side of the net. And a good parent, a responsible parent, a loving parent, an instructive parent, is constantly putting back into the child's lap. Uh, an opportunity to grow, to mature, to be accountable. And you do it age appropriately, of course. But uh, that that's one of the steps in raising that responsible um, adult. Maybe you have a question on parenting today. There are things and strategies that work for parents who want to be intentional. And uh, if you have a question, give me a call or I would ask the question, how have you uh, responded maybe to a disrespectful child in your heart, in your life, in your family rather? in a very intentional, appropriate way. How do you do this with the long-term goal of raising a respectful, responsible adult? Phone line is open at 888-888-1717. 888 1717 Back with more calls in a moment. Are you energized or drained by the people you hang around with? Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. If you're energized by being with people, make sure you intentionally schedule alone time for yourself, for personal growth and reflection. You know, being with other people is a great thing, but at times we need to pull away and reflect. Even Jesus did that. If, on the other hand, you're drained by people, guard against the tendency that you'll want to pull away from relationships and friendships. And become a loner. It's something that we can gravitate into, especially if we tend to be an introvert. Find that balance. Too much of anything is not healthy. Too much friendship and too little friendship can create a problem in your life. So to find health, find balance. And when you do, that's intentional living. Visit us at the intentionallife.com. That's the intentionallife.com. You know, the Intentional Living Minute, 60 seconds every day, heard on the radio around the country and online around the world. And right now, when you stop by Facebook for Intentional Living, uh, if you like the page, we'll send you the Intentional Living Minute. It'll be in your news feed daily every morning about the time you get up. 60 seconds just encouraging you that day. So go to theintentionallife.com. You can get to the a Facebook link there, or you can go to facebook.com/slash/intentional living. You know, you ever been out and watched uh, parents interacting with their kids, not your own but somebody else's, and you thought, "Wow, if that was my child, uh, that that would that kind of behavior. I wouldn't speak to my child that way. Or I wouldn't let them speak to me that way." What's interesting, you think that until you're in the middle of it yourself. You know, all of a sudden you're the parent. And you're trying to deal with this issue. I do know this as we've worked with parents from Intentional Living over the years, kids learn from their parents. Whenever I see highly disrespectful kids, I'm thinking, where are they picking up on that disrespect? Are they seeing disrespect in the home? Sometimes as parents, when we're trying to discipline our kids, we do it in ways that's frankly disrespectful to them. Yelling is a form of disrespect. Because when we yell at our kids, we're basically saying, you know, either either you can't hear me, or or can I say it respectfully? You're so stupid, you don't understand me. So I got to raise my voice. Now, I know you're not thinking that. I mean, that's just sort of happening. But that's disrespectful. Have you ever noticed when you talk to children, you lower your voice, you get real soft? They pay more attention to you. They say, what, the, what are they up to? I think so often with parents, we're so predictable. We do things in the same way, expecting different results. And so intentional parents develop a parenting backbone, are respectful of their kids, but lovingly follow through. Man, you can raise your kids without ever raising your voice again. You can do it. So... One of the steps in making sure that you're raising a responsible, respectful adult is make sure that you're really training yourself as a parent to be respectful in the words that you use and how you follow through with your kids. All right, phone lines open. You have a question on parenting today, or maybe a perspective on how do you teach your children respect? Has that been an issue? Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen is my phone line today. Triple eight, triple eight. 17, 17. All right, uh, let me see here. Raina, Raina in Arizona, uh, talking about respectful children, wants some advice today as well. Raina?
1: I have a 10-year-old. The problem that I'm facing at this time with him practically started like when he was eight. I tell him to do something or, you know, or help in the house or do his homework, and I have to do it like two, three times. He doesn't do it until I yell at him. And, uh, you know, I kind of get a uh, girl used to it, and now I yell at him for him to do things because if I say it nicely two or three times, he won't do it, and that's just the way it would happen each and every time. He won't do it until I, I yell at him, I scream out loud, and he, he would do it. He would just get up and do whatever. I, and I don't want to do that. I, I mean, I how can I make him do things without yelling at him?
0: Well, like I just mentioned, Rain, I think it's important to, to realize kids respect action more than words. N- not all kids, you, you know. That's the problem. You get a one child who, I mean, you can just speak to them and they they're compliant. And if your first one's like that, then your second one won't be. I mean, it, it, usually it's one, maybe not the next. And so you're thinking, wow, this is a piece of cake. You know, and then all of a sudden you have a second one, and they're different. So every child's different. you got to get behind their eyes. But I'd say, Raina, to you and others, yelling is very ineffective. In fact, there's a little uh, verse in Ecclesiastes. It's not a parenting verse, but I, I think it ought to be. It says, the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. And I think so often we think that if we just yell increase our volume, uh, we're being more effective. There is no no correlation between the the decibel level of your voice and effectiveness in parenting. Other than if you lower it, you're going to be more effective, not raising it. And part of it is we, that's why many of us were raised. We were raised with parents at YELTS, so that's how we kind of pattern it, do it ourselves. So can I challenge you? Listen, as a parent, if you want to be intentional and raise respectful adults, get ahead of the game. Know what's important to your child, teach them respect, but uh, follow through without yelling. You know, in our, in our book series on raising responsible adults, we talk about logical and natural consequences, holding children accountable. Uh, when, when they're disrespectful, there, there should be a consequence that they experience. You know, toy being removed or a privilege being taken away. And you don't have to wag your finger in their face by doing it either. It's just a reality. That's the way life works. All right, love to have you weigh in as well. Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. Maybe you have a child that you really had to learn intentionally how to be more respectful yourself. How have you dealt with a with disrespect in your home? Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. We get a lot of uh, people responding to callers that get on the air. Tony, talked to you some time ago. Uh, man, many of you responded to his question. Uh, why don't you take a listen to it and then share some of the comments you left on our comment line.
1: My uh, middle daughter, who is a fantastic child, although reluctant to give me any type of information, <laughs> um, I believe is going to have her first date. And she's 12, and we just kind of stumbled onto this information. we meet, being me and my wife, uh, stumbled onto this information. And I'm not exactly sure how to handle the situation because this is the first time I'm having to deal with it.
0: Well, I'll hold my comments for a minute. I want to have you respond because you all, when you heard Tony on the air with me some time ago, uh, many of you responded, and then I'll I'll add my two cents in a minute. But let's start with uh, Anna in Arizona. Go ahead.
2: Hello. I'm not comfortable with a 12-year-old dating. I don't think that they're ready to date. However, if that is something that has to, if that is okay with you, I would definitely have a chaperone. I think children of 12 years old don't really even understand completely what the dating relationship
1: is all about.
0: I agree. I'll comment more on that in a minute. But here's Tammy from Michigan.
1: Hello, my name is Tammy. I'm calling from Michigan. As far as dating, um, I think 12 is too young for a boy or a girl. And uh,
2: if they're going to do dating anytime before 16, it should be chaperoned.
0: All right. A theme coming on here. Let's go. Pamela wants to comment uh, from Arizona as well. Go ahead.
2: I think he should first talk with his daughter, his wife, and he together and fish for information and try to get her to tell him first. But then I would just say that she's not allowed to date till she's 16. But social gatherings may be different, but they have to be supervised. And that she's not actually able to date until she's at least 16. And it always has to have parental approval and maybe talk about the birds and the bees. I know they start early now, so age 12 is probably a good time.
0: Mm. I agree with that. I will say this. Uh, the word the definition of words may be different today. What a dating is means today is different than what it may have meant uh, ten years or fifteen years ago. So understanding what what the term means. But clearly putting boys and girls together in social situations alone, young children very could be potentially very problematic. Children are not developed enough to understand. The nuances of relationship and so on and I've always been an advocate the longer you can delay any sort of those one-on-one kind of dating relationships the better 16 minimum and now today with what goes on with social uh, kids at least I know the research is showing that kids have more difficulty connecting with other kids because they're so used to just talking to them on the screen and so having that personal interaction Gives the parents today, young parents with young children, teach your children how to interact and how boys are to respect girls and how girls are to communicate with boys. And you as a parent have an opportunity to do that in some social settings. You can do that in places where they're training and you're learning. But uh, a twelve year old in dating is a big, big no-no. Maybe you want to come in then comment on that as well. We'll be back. The calls are coming in, triple eight triple eight seventeen seventeen. At the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, you'll have a lot of fun. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson. Have you ever noticed that it's sometimes very difficult to feel intimate and close to your spouse? I will teach you the power of one thing that will change your relationship for the rest of your lives.
2: Join Dr. Randy for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing and Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit at 7 p.m. Register at TheIntentionalLife.com.
0: Listen, we're looking forward to meeting you, getting a chance to talk to you, and bring you some really important, powerful ministry for your marriage. You're going to be learning some powerful strategies for your marriage, things that really can make a difference in communication, intimacy, closeness, setting goals, getting in the same direction, being on the same page with your kids. Uh, It's going to be one of those kind of evenings you're going to laugh and learn and have one thing that you can take away from the evening. Get those tickets, again, a reminder, we're going to be in East Lansing, March the 1st, Friday night, and then March 2nd in Metro Detroit in Auburn Hills. But uh, you need to get your tickets today. Go to The intentional theintentionallife.com. They're going quickly, limited space. Don't miss out. Go to theintentionallife.com. Also, when you're at the website, you can find a lot more about the ministry. And I thank those of you who have been praying for, standing with us, and supporting Intentional Living. God bless you. We appreciate it. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. You know, I started today talking about raising a respectful child in a disrespectful world is a tough thing to do today. Man, there's so much disrespect between parents and children, and children to parents, and frankly, between parents sometimes. And if respect is an important thing, you have to model it. Some of the things I encourage you to do is set expectations up, uh, up front. In other words, the expectation is that we are going to treat each other with respect in this family, and when we don't, uh, there, there will be loving follow-through and consequences, but you also have to model it. When kids don't see mom and dad treating each other with respect, they're thinking, well, why, why do they demand that I treat them with respect? And many times when children show disrespect, the question not, should not be, what do I have to do to stop the disrespect? Ask the question, where are they getting that? And how am I contributing to it? Because as a parent, we are the most important model in the young child's life. As they get older, there's more and more influence. But to model respect between each other as a mom and a dad, or if you're divorced, a single parent, the respect you have for the other parent, these things matter. Big time. All right, let's get to the calls. Uh, You've been wanting to join in here. We've got Eva in Arizona. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. Hi.
0: Hi there. How are you today?
2: I'm good. I'm great. Lost. I just wanted to comment on, you know, I wanted to just comment about like disrespectful teenagers and mm-hmm. whatnot because I have, well, I have four, but my oldest um, was uh, murdered when he was 29 about seven uh, months ago. I'm sorry. But through all these years since he was a teenager, we really dealt with a lot of, um, you know, uh, substance abuse and disrespect, and um, in the beginning, I used to just, you know, always yell at him and uh, tell him what he's not doing right, and yeah. and then uh, years, it's been years now, but uh, a wise woman at church had told me, you know, you need to speak his future into him and all the good things that God has in store for him, and I really started speaking all of that to him. And that's when he turned around and really listened, and he was doing great. He was wanting to do better with his life because I was speaking all the goodness and all the good things that God had in store for his future, instead of just thinking about what's happening now Mm. and all the bad things you've done. You know, we have to speak the good things into their lives, too, and not just always speak the things that they're doing, you know, or they're, do you know what I'm saying? Oh,
0: absolutely, and I'm I'm very sorry for your loss.
2: Thank you, thank you, but I'm starting to find out all the people that he touched in his last part of his life, and he spoke about Christ a lot.
1: Oh, amen.
0: But you know, you you, you raised an important point, all of us, not just kids or teenagers, but all of us. Who do we want to hang around with? When you ask a person, name the five most important or influential people in your life, they mm-hmm. typically will mention people who have encouraged them, people who have spoken into their lives, people who yeah. have given them a vision for the future and encouraged them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when we do that, we really elevate the level of the relationship. Uh, Josh McDowell mm-hmm. would say that a rule without a relationship would create rebellion. And so really mm-hmm. really going for that relationship built on mutual respect and love and vision for the future is a powerful reminder. Very powerful. Yes,
1: yeah,
2: because God gives everybody that, you know, he has a purpose for everybody's life. Amen. And when you speak it into your child and say, wow, you're, you know, you bring out all the good things, then it, it changes their heart. They want to try because they maybe don't feel like they're worthy mm-hmm. of anything, and when you speak that, wow, you're good at this, and you're such a good, you have such a good future. And mm-hmm. and then they want to try, rather than you're doing this, you're doing that. It brings it brings them closer to you to want to try and want to open up to you, rather than create that wall, like, you know, in between you two.
0: And what you're doing uh, when you do that with your children, Eva, that's intentional living. You're being intentional and saying, I choose to speak life into my children, and, and and not things that are going to be hurtful or negative. Now that doesn't mean you don't discipline, but you really intentionally say, "I want to speak into their lives more times that are going to be positive than the things that may come across more negative." All right. Again, we're sorry for your loss, even. Thank you for uh, sharing with thank us today. Know. Appreciate it. Uh, Francis is on the line. Welcome to the program.
2: Hi, welcome. Uh, appreciate God bless you all. Thank
0: you. What's your question?
2: Um, actually, I need prayer for the subject that you're talking about today because I have two little ones: one is four, one is seven, and the one at seven. Uh, I'm just like the first caller that called in regards to not doing his uh, homework and but when i use, I do yell or scream, then mm-hmm. he starts you know moving yeah. and i I would like for prayer for myself on that because. I don't think that God wants me to do that and I I I, I feel guilty myself.
0: Yeah, and guilt and, is and Satan loves to use the guilt then to make you discouraged and then the next time you do it it's a vicious cycle. Uh the fact that you're aware of it. By the way, we will pray with you and we'll ask others to pray as well. It's prob Did you learn that you did you grow up in a home where there was a lot of yelling, Francis? No,
2: never. My uh-huh. parents would never yell, never got mad at each other if if I would the only thing I would find out when they were uh, angry to each other or mad, uh, they wouldn't talk to each other for a week.
1: Yeah,
0: um, so well, I didn't, that wasn't functional, I was, was it? Yeah. yeah
2: I, I wasn't raised like that, no, no.
0: You know, sometimes what happens, in uh, Francis, I've seen this in working with parents over the years, is that... We start out with these good intentions, we're going to be loving parents and we're going to be quiet and we're going to be respectful. And then things aren't getting done and things aren't following through and it builds up like Mount St. Helens. uh, And one thing after another until all of a sudden we explode and then the kids do it. Now we're not happy and then we feel guilty, but they did it. And then the pattern uh, goes over and over and over. What you got to do, Francis, for all of us who fall into this trap, is we've got to get on the front end of this thing of calling parenting discipline. If you ask your child, or, or let, let's use homework as an example, you're saying they're not getting the homework done. Uh, j- just be very clear up front what the expectation is. You know, honey, listen, your homework's got to be done. I know you got things you want to do tonight. You got friends you want to talk to. Maybe uh, you want to, you know, watch a show, or you're gonna you're gonna be with a friend, whatever. Uh, and just so we know, the homework gets done. When the homework gets done, then you can do it. And so it's clear, there's no, there's no discussion, it's there. So before they go and do the next thing, you don't have to remind them, uh, you don't have to ask them, did you get it done? They just simply come and show it to you and you just peruse it, make sure it's done, and put it back in their backpack and that's fine. Uh, then you can move on. But if it's not done, you keep the ball back in their court. Say, honey, we agreed or we, it was very clear, no going to your friend's house until this gets done. In other words, you're using yelling as a form of making sure they get their work done. Therefore, you become responsible for the work, and you've got to keep the ball clearly in their
2: lap. Hi, my name is Chris, and I was just listening to your show. I listen to it all the time. Today, we have you on my heart because my kids aren't disrespectful towards me or my husband, but they're very disrespectful to each other, and that's just like a whole nother realm of what you're talking about today. And I appreciate what you're doing for everybody. I just hope you keep us in your prayers. Thank you.
0: You know what? We live in a really disrespectful time in our culture. Unfortunately, we see it on TV, we see it in sports, we see it in politics, we see it in families, we see it on the streets of America. And you know, the Bible tells us, listen, this is for all parents. If you're seeing disrespect coming from your kids, ask yourself two questions. Am I showing respect to them? Because disrespectful parents, powerful parents, sometimes raise disrespectful and powerful kids. They're learning it from us. So that's just sort of a self-evaluation. Secondly, to remind them, and as and a teaching in our family that we're saying that you know the Bible says that no unhealthy or corrupt words should come out of our mouths, but only that which is building up and encouraging one another. That's what the Bible teaches, and that our home is going to be a place of encouraging each other. I know that's a daily challenge, but it's something worth doing with your kids and for your kids. Hey, as we're wrapping up the show today, I want to say thanks to those of you who've been supporting us. I want to remind you that our lesson for this month, very powerful lesson, I'm really sharing the top 10 things that we've told our kids when we were raising our kids, our little parenting phrases, our little parenting speeches that we give to our kids that we need to be telling ourselves. So it's kind of a really practical turnaround of what we told our kids we should be telling ourselves so watch for that lesson will be coming up a little later in the month and also a final reminder that the intentional love marriage date night uh, tickets are available online today march 1st in east lansing michigan and then march 2nd saturday night in auburn hills metro detroit area just go to the intentionallife.com that's the intentionallife.com click on the events icon and get those tickets They're going fast. We have limited space. We sold out early at our last conference. And I want to make sure that uh, you get a chance to be a part of it. Theintentionallife.com Got to run. Thanks to the team. Thanks to you. God bless you. We'll see you next time from Intentional Living.